Morning, 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 Fresh Holders. 
this Thursday. Thursday, it's 10 a.m. It's the Coffee and Memes Breakfast Radio Show. Steady job, a couple extra potatoes, that's all I want. You're getting on, you're pushing 30, Slubby. You know, it's time to think about getting some ambition. Oh, I always figured I'd live a little bit longer without it. Don't forget, kid, that what you're trying to do here is to be bright and chipper and entertaining and, and intelligent and sort of glitzy and... That's funny, and it's, it's, it's kind of cool, and it's interesting, and it's edgy, and all of that. It, it puts that facade of momentary charisma on you, and if you don't play that out, you actually fail. Good morning, Threshold Radio. It is day four of the Coffee and Memes radio show saga. It's becoming something of a Game of Thrones. Any character could die at any minute. You just don't know. Could it be Sean Bean? Could it be me? Could it be Hardwell? You know? Who knows? Could it be some poor unfortunate shit in the metro? That, that would that would get my vote. But yeah, we're four days in. The chat's filling up on Facebook. The usual offenders are in there. They're decent people. They're good humans, you know. They're just, they're a fan of, you know, liberty and freedom. They're just out there for a better way of life. You know, they just, just want a better life for me kids in that lake. You know, they're out for a, better quality of croissant in the patisserie they want a better quality of fuel consumption in their automobile they want a better quality of hand job in the boudoir they're just 
They're just out for consistently iterating and improving on reality. 1% better every day. Two steps forward, one step back, but you're still going forward. You know, they're decent, they're decent humans. You can't knock them. They're all right. Yeah, you know, they mess up. At, you know, they're, sure, they've killed a few people. But, you know, you want to make an omelette, got to break a few eggs. Right, what we got on the list today of mu- decent music. <laughs> Mama. I, we've got a bit of... Stuff's getting a bit vocally today. There's, we've got some got some classic jungle bits in here. Got some old classic Congo Natty. Bit more Benny Page. Bit of DJ Zinc. Bit of Midnight by Uncut. Yeah, no, we we it, it, this this is going to plan. It's going well. Thanks for people that tuned in to the podcast last night that I did with Brian Sanders from the Food Lies documentary. Equal parts people confused that I was talking to someone non-drum and bass related, and people who seem genuinely interested in nutrition, diet, and meat in general. Meat talk, meaty chat with Uncle Rankin. That will be up later today as a podcast on the Rankin and Friends podcast. Also, later today, 3pm, Rankin's Records. Don't think I've forgotten about you, because I haven't. Just because I'm out here every, every for two hours every morning doesn't mean I'm not going to be spinning the good stuff at 3pm on a Thursday. Right, come on. Let's start as we mean to go on. Uh, this has been posted in Rankin's Records recently, people hailing it as the best jungle tune ever. I think it's too recent to fall under that category, but it's in off a banger anyway Get Ready by Congo Natty Whew, from 2013 <laughs> Yeah, you big Benny Wilson to thank for this one. It's coffee and memes time. Don't lose the beat now. Just work your head now. It's jungle music time this year.
People in the chat already getting into it as to whether or not this is jungle. Just get over it, you know what I mean? Your mum's jungle, alright? Excuse Jack Murphy in the chat, he hasn't had his morning marching powder yet. Stuff's got controversial already. Is it jungle? Is it not jungle? Is it pop music? You know, is it in yet? I can't feel anything. Try harder. Who cares? I think it's a good record. I think it's a bit of fun. You know, you can't, you, you know, it's 2018. You know, you can't just be slapping labels on things. You know, maybe jungle's just a social construct, eh? Maybe jungle's a tool of patriarchal oppression. Do we even know? You know, you can't... Anyway, breaking news. Moonpig begs customers to stop uploading photos of their genitals. Wow. Uh, Jen Mills from the Metro reports. Uh, Wouldn't it be lovely to sell, tell someone how much they mean to you by sending a printed out glossy photograph of your genitals on a greeting card? Yes. Yes, it would. That would be a lovely way to tell someone that you love, that you love them. Particularly a stranger... Uh, yeah, a high court judge, a um, an officer of the law, or perhaps a politician. Uh, lots of people think this apparently, but Moonpig disagrees. So right, Moonpig have got a problem with people sending the nudes. Is that what we're getting at here? Is that is that where we've come to in the world? You know, have we reached peak nudes? Moonpig are like, look, listen, guys, it's um, it is actually in the terms and conditions. Uh, it says. Uh, please do not upload pictures of your hog, your unit, your lad, your bird, your uh, your heft. No more hefts. We've had enough. We've seen all the hefts out there. All hefts of different sizes, shapes, colours, girths. Ones that you can almost smell just by looking at them. And we've had enough. We are, you know, we're now jaded and have we have issues now basically it's affecting our lives please stop please please stop uh, unless you're female then do do crack on uh, they say please stop uploading pics of your genitals to our cards it's against our terms and conditions um there is a limit to those moon pig moments if you're that desperate to send a dick pic greeting card you'll have to do it the old-fashioned way by printing out a photo of yourself and gluing it on with print stick i'd say that is that seems more um, 
that's more personal, isn't it? More loving to actually go to PC World, buy a printer cartridge for your printer that may or may not work, and then try and download whatever necessary drivers you need for your clapped-out old printer that you will eventually get to the point of wanting to throw out the window because it just for, just fucking doesn't work. And then, actually, when you do manage to make it work for five minutes, you can print out a really sort of liney, liney image of your semi-erect schlong. Uh, perhaps you'd like to lay your schlong next to, like, I don't know, a cigarette lighter or a coin, just for sort of perspective, just so that the uh, recipient of your uh, love letter, I guess, can, you know, get an idea of size. And then write in it, handwritten as well. Because, of course, in Moonpig Card, it's not going to be handwritten, is it? It's going to probably be some sort of terrible handwriting font. Um, and then your message inside, something akin to, I don't know, what do you think of that, love? Uh, wish you were here? Or get your laughing gear around that? Something like that, you know, something romantic. And so if you do it handwritten, maybe in crayon or something like that, possibly with a little doodle inside... Um, of a diagram perhaps of what you would like the recipient of the card to maybe do with the uh, aforementioned strong then I just think I just think it, it you know it's a better it's better way it's cheaper well apart from obviously buying the printer ink that you'll only be able to use once before your printer breaks <sighs> the company's terms and conditions say they won't accept any material that is pornographic obscene indecent or offensive well that's all subjective isn't it really um don't do that, though. Okay. Um, uh, there's a picture of Boris Johnson here, who has presumably been uploading no end of uh, schlong pecs, schlong art. Um, they're black and white, so it's art. It's not technically pornography. The company told Metro.co.uk that Valentine's Day sees a massive rise in the number of dirty cards submitted, with at least 20 a day having to be denied. <laughs> Imagine being the person whose job it is to like say, no, that's too rude. No, too much schlong. No, that one's okay, just because it's particularly small schlong. We have one guy who's particularly good at spotting them. <laughs> Although a couple occasionally slip through the cracks. Um, we'll produce anywhere between 100,000 to 200,000 cards a day. Uh, at least two or three of those might infringe our terms. I would have thought it would be more than that. Uh, and yes, the girls are as bad as boys. There you go. You know, you think it's just dudes out there sending the nudes, sending the unsolicited nudes. But hey, you know, you know that that's that's feminism for you. The girls are just as bad. Right. Come on, let's get into. Uh, all right, let's let's get into something that we can all agree is uh, drum and bass, mystical, mystical dub. Honestly, anyone who tries to disagree with this being drum and bass, they're getting the bands.
everyone in the chat's just arguing about sausages now. Anyone listening on Threshold that is not availing themselves of the Facebook chat, you can tweet me at High Rankin. Let me know where you're listening. Dub by Mystical, aka Mist and or Calibre. Should we just play that Congo Natty tune a couple more times? Surprised how many people found that tune quite triggering. <laughs> Jess Pierce is in the chat. She's prepared to report on her date last night. She went out on a date with a half Mexican man who is five foot seven, who's at least seven inches taller than her. Please fill us in on all the gory details.
Yeah, that's a classic. When's that from? 2000, 2001, something like that. More or less, isn't it? Right, the chat is... Oh, the chat's pretty wild today, guys. I, I must say, it's like the wild... He's a bit wild west out there. So I'm actually struggling to keep up with uh, Jess's tale... Well, it's clearly a tale of woe, isn't it? I mean, I doubt she'd be... Uh, that should be giving it giving it the big and if uh, if it had gone well, which is weird, but you know it's it's tis the truth. Um, okay, here we go. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Come on, let's. Uh, oh man, Facebook chat is a, is a wind up. Okay, sat there like an absolute bell end. He messaged me as well, like all day, making sure I was going to be there. Then just never turned up. Oh, oh no. Oh dear, do I have any sad music that, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a conspiracy. What do you think, Pete, it's in a conspiracy? Well, the thing is, like most things, it's complicated. It's appalling. Right, yeah. That, I Jess, I'm, I'm truly gutted for you. I, I want you to be lucky in love. Uh, you know, you're a brave girl. Uh, you've been a you've you've been one of the ranking ranking radio brave girls for I mean you're sort of the the OG really in many ways, and uh, I do hope that you find the romantic entwinement that uh, that you're after. Uh, but I don't know if there's anyone in the chat interested in uh, dating Jess. I can vouch for the fact that she is a human. Uh, obviously, I'm not prepared to stick my neck out any further than that. But as far as I'm aware, she she is human. Uh, and she has a nice car and runs a tattoo shop. So if, if any of those things interest you as, as a human man, and you know, just get in, get in touch. Get in touch with the show. I'll, I'll organise a... Uh, I'll, organ- I'll chaperone a date for the two of you to maybe a basketball match or the cinema or something, and then I could sit in between you both, make sure you don't hold hands, and then I could leave the two of you to snog under Brighton Pier. That'd be nice. I think that'd be a lovely touch. I could be a kind of... Drum and bass, Scylla Black. Maybe they'll get married. Maybe I'll have to buy a new hat. Maybe I can DJ that Congo Natty tune at the wedding and people can just boo me off. God, am I? I thought it was a bit fun, upbeat. Basically, it's all Ben's fault. Uh, where, where He'll be in the chat there somewhere. It's his fault. Stop making me uh, play up-to-date Congo Natty records. Uh, okay, look, let's play... All right, let's play our type. Why not? Let's go crazy. that's not happened before is on Threshold we have a whole gang of listeners but exclusively in Great Britain it's like I'm running some sort of Brexit breakfast show
Yeah, I did rather think that this breakfast show rather honks of taking back control. Chicken Bigger Serpentine! Bit of travel news for anyone in London. Victoria Station has been evacuated after becoming severely overcrowded as a result of a 48-hour tube strike. Ooh, dear. Hold tight, some Malaysians on threshold, I see ya. I see some Italians as well. Yeah, as the chat is rightly pointing out, there is a Decent friction remix of this. Which may have been the first Shogun release. First Shogun release. Decent, 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 decent. Yeah, cheap strikes. Oh, there are the cheap strikes. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, dear, whatever will people do? It looks like, um, actually, the pictures of the Victoria Station underground uh, looks a little bit like the staircases on fabric at about 3 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night. Anyone's ever been there, it's uh, a nightmare basically. It was particularly worse before the smoking ban came in, so now everyone has to just queue up to go outside. But it just used to be basically wall-to-wall people sat on the stairs smoking and gurning uh, with equal ferocity and uh, sort of running their fingers through someone who sat in front of them's hair, uh, blowing in each other's faces, uh, telling each other they love each other and that they need to see more of each other. Good time. So yeah, basically there's a giant rave at Victoria Station. People are on pingers. It's uh, it's anarchy. And uh, DJ Hype is on at 2pm. So that'd be a bit of fun, isn't it? Right, what else have we got? Maddening news around the world. God. The one um, slightly annoying thing about uh, having to 
scour news websites for entertaining stories for this is that you just have like a giant tube of hot steaming puke of bad news pumping straight into my face all day like it's i think like good or funny news stories are probably outnumbered about 20 to 1 by really hideously depressing awful news or maybe i need to find some sort of um a website that only curates good or entertaining or hilarious news if anyone wants to set one of those up basically just to just so i can go in there and uh, get funny funny news for this uh, show on or please if you do find anything tweet it to me or facebook it to me or print it out and post it through my letterbox that'd be really helpful anyway it's all kicking off in kent whoo shit kent online Families ordered to remove swimming pool in case burglar drowns uh, in Stroud Inflatable. So it's an above-ground pool. Uh, they don't come much classier than above-ground swimming pools. Uh, and this is a giant inflatable pool, about the size of a, of a large trampoline, I would say, uh, owned by a, a quite upset, uh, overweight woman. Um, fuming neighbours have been told to take down their paddling pool in case a burglar falls into it and drowns. That <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous. You have to make your property health and safety proof for burglars. It's like, well, it's a given that a burglar's going to come round and try and nick all your clobber. So I'm afraid you're going to... That looks like a, a danger area, like an unsuspecting cat burglar could very easily stumble on those leaves and fall into the pool... And as you know, burglars can't swim. So, you know, unless you're going to have a 24-hour lifeguard to look out for burglars, maybe Burglar Bill or Hamburglar or another notorious fictional burglar, Raffles, the gentleman thief, perhaps. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to get rid of your paddling pool, as delightful as it and you are. Maria Young and her neighbours who live in the same block of flats clubbed together, bought the 12-foot pool, uh, <laughs> and cover for 64 quid for their communal garden. Bargain. But landlord but landlord company MHS Homes has since told them to take it down altogether or empty it out each night for health and safety reasons, despite it having nothing to do with health and safety executive. Um, bosses at the firm, which managed the block of six flats, told residents at the building in Albatross Avenue, decent, Stroud, shit's going off in Stroud, uh, that they were worried children from the surrounding area and potential burglars wandering onto the site at night could trip and fall in the water. That's so absurd. God, this woman, she looks properly razzed off. I think she's wearing a muumuu, like Homer wears in that uh, famous Simpsons episode where he becomes like morbidly obese to qualify for disabled benefits. Um, Maria said, A team of them came and said initially we'd have to get rid of the lake. They then changed their mind and said we had to put it down each night for health and safety issues. But I can't because I'm, I'm big lass in that lake. They said if someone breaks in, they might drown in the pool. So it's a small swimming pool. It's not a moat. Like <laughs> It's pretty obvious. I don't know where you'd have to... like If you look at the pictures on it, someone's tweeted it to me. You'd be able to find it easy enough. Like It's, it's covered. It's only about, it's only about a foot deep. And I say you can you can you can drown in a couple of inches of water. Maybe if you're being burgled by a toddler. This is ridiculous. This is an outrage. This is broken Britain. 
This is Brexit's not going to help this. No, we need the opposite of Brexit, the anti-Brexit. Ooh, uh, now we're in for it. Jesus Christ. <sighs> right, what uh, what would be an appropriate record uh, for this? Something, I don't know, are there any swimming pool-based jungle tunes that we could all argue about? That'd be nice. Um, uh, anything burglar-related? Burglar uh, pulp fiction? That's not really getting down. Um, okay, let's go for. They've got this. This is new, actually. It's on Critical uh, by Kirill and Was a Bee. It's called This. Um, I like it. It's kind of, it's kind of wacky. The woman in this story looks properly razzed off in that way that only people in local newspapers can. Bit of Corbin hate going on in the chat. Oi, oi. by Kirill. It's called This. It's on Critical. I'm a fan. I like to go through the Beatport drum and bass top 10 occasionally and usually I just don't really understand it. Like, it, often it sounds like it's just the same tune like for the entire top 10. Uh, but this was in there and I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a believer.
slightly reminds me of some new face bit. I can't remember whether or not it's downgrade or obscure. We'll try that in a minute. Dead keen on that. Dead fucking keen. Yeah. Right, let's just... I just want to just... This old uh, face situation. Yeah, this is the one. Yeah, Jack uh, poses a good question in the chat. How did this last tune remind me of this? I think I just listened to them around similar times. This is Downgrade by Face. Face with a PH. Yeah, decent, I'll give you that. That's a, that's a top bit of gear, actually. That's a nice little nose-up, nice little morning nose-up. Ooh, that picked you up. That's when you wake up in the morning after a, after a heavy session and you're off again. Anyway, I, uh, I digress. Uh, here's some more very important news that everyone needs to know about. World's most expensive home costs a cool billion pounds and has 600 staff for just five people. That sounds all right. I'd be keen to live there. Um, that said, it's not very attractive from the outside. It looks like some sort of uh, like 1970s brutalist tower block, except it's in Mumbai, I think. 
Uh, uh, the 27-story building, uh, thought to be the world's most expensive home, is estimated to cost one billion. Has 600 staff, um, and they've never ever played the nine in it. So that was an interesting bit of trivia. Uh, helping serve a family of five people. The home also comes with three helipads, a number of swimming pools, uh, and a theatre, and it's owned by India's wealthiest man, Mukesh Ambani. Sounds like a cool dude. The 61-year-old billionaire businessman and his wife, Nita, uh, live in a sprawling 570-foot uh, building with their three children, Anant, Akesh, and Isha. Albany, who claims, uh, who chairs and runs oil and gas giant Reliance Industries, has today topped the 2018 Haran India Rich List for the seventh time in the road. Dude, dude is just bawling out of control. I like, uh, I don't know what he looks like, but I'd quite like to see a uh, fist fight between him and Jeff, Jeff Bezos, just for a laugh. Maybe that would be a good TV show, or good, you know, that... But maybe if we all agree that this whole bloody late-stage capitalism routine, look, none of us asked for it, did we? None of us asked for it. But the way to settle it would be to take the richest people in the world and just make them fight for our entertainment. Then that'd be fine. Look, you're allowed to make your billions and uh, and that, but if you top the Forbes, if you're in the top 100 of the Forbes rich list, you are legally obligated to fight each other once a year. And they will also compile a list of the hundred... Well, they'll rank them in order of wealth and then hardness. I think that would be cool. And then maybe we could do something akin to the FHM 100 Sexiest Women, where we'll do the... uh, We'll also rate the 100 richest people in terms of their sexiness. I think that would be nice. We could all... They say, look, you've got your money, but now you're going to be sexually objectified. And you get to take pictures of them all in the nip. Maybe they'd have to pose in sort of FHM-style kind of situations and poses with a lot of sort of arching of backs. Uh, And then, yeah, then they could be ranked. So it's like, yeah, all right, well, you've got your billions, haven't you? But you're number, like, 68. And this is predominantly ugly-looking geezers. Like, very, very attractive men don't generally have the desire to, don't need the desire to earn billions of dollars because they find it easy enough to get laid. But if you look like Jeff Bezos, who kind of looks in a little bit of a way like an uncircumcised penis, then, you know, you're going to have to, like, if you want to get, you know, if you want to be slinging dick with both hands, you need to be earning mega bucks. Otherwise, no one's going to be interested in you. Um so yeah, we can rate them in order of sexiestness, hardness, and also wealth. I think that'd be fair. The glass-covered building towers over the city's 20 million residents, as well as the smog the city is known for. It's a real eyesore, actually. A real eyesore. I mean, you've got a lot of money, but not a lot of taste. Uh, in 2010, it was named the world's first billion-dollar private home. In, 2000, in a 2012 interview with Vanity Fair... Uh, Nita revealed 80% of the building's ceilings were covered by chandeliers. <sighs> that, that is balling. Like, the fact that you've even uh, measured that, gone, God, we've got a lot of chandeliers up, haven't we? Should we see what percentage of the ceiling is covered by them? Oh, 80%, that's a lot of chandeliers. <sighs> madness. Utter madness. Uh, okay, what we got? Let's play Ronnie Size. It's jazzy. It's a good record. I 
cool to do a song about the island of Jersey. Good news everybody, Making a Murderer Part 2 will be released on October the 19th. Uh, spoiler alert, it was the Illuminati all along. Alright, how about that? Well, I never would have suspected. I think the kid did it. I think Brendan Darcy did it. I think this whole learning difficulty situation is a ruse. I think he's the mastermind behind it all. Uh, and I think he was looking to pin it on uh, Stephen Avery because obviously he's got previous, hasn't he? 
Um, and uh, yeah, I think he did it for he did it for lols. Actually, I think he did it to get famous. I think he wanted a Netflix documentary. He, he'd seen he, he'd seen Netflix and he thought that's cool. I'd like to be in a ten part Netflix documentary. I think that would be I think that'd be cool. And I'm prepared to do a little bit of time for it. And so he staged this whole thing. It's quite funny when you see people like who are a bit late to the game in watching these sort of documentaries, where like a couple of years after it's come out, you see some tweet and they're like, "Whoa, this making a murder thing's crazy!" Like, surely you didn't do it. But the the bit with the police finding the key—that's pretty crazy. No way. Hey, hey, this guy's got to be innocent. I reckon he did it. I reckon that the uh, the documentary was very biased uh, on his side. And I reckon old Stephen Avery, he's a savage, he's a killer, you know, he's a product of the American prison system. He was probably all right when he went in, but, you know, I also think that the beard work is confusing. I think, well, I think if there's one thing that the series, the first series taught me is that if you go to prison, you get the opportunity to grow a really, a lot of different beard styles. Like, you can grow big tashes, you can grow goatees big sort of biker style beers basically you've got a lot of time to really focus your attention and energy on growing different beards and that seems to be what he did so maybe like maybe that was the thing maybe he killed the woman deliberately so that he would actually get the time alone to spend really focusing on different beard styles it's possible it's possible uh, i don't have all the answers i i maintain that and I'm just looking to find the old answer out here or there. Okay, what have we got left on here? <laughs> All right, let's play some old Congo Natty, yeah? Let's try and right the wrongs of the beginning of the show. Let's, uh, how about a bit of Junglist, yeah? I don't think anyone can disagree with this being jungle. If, well, I guess you could. Free speech and that. Now, before making records, the hood was my saviour. Is free speech really free speech if you're arguing about genres? Should we be clamping down on that sort of speech? Now before making records Telling me that I'm wrong, but I know 
now I understand. Now I see, I see your wicked plan. I'm a junglist. Quite mixed signals there. Been giving it a lot of, a lot of mixed signals. Don't try to change my plan. Understand. Why won't you understand? I'm a junglist. Jungleistic man Why won't you understand Who Cause from the hood I came into the hood I must return I'm a junglist Don't try to change my plan I'm a junglist Understand Cause from the hood I can Playing this for Jack, it's his favourite record He's been nagging me all week to play it He loves it Congo Natty, junglist featuring Peter, Peter Bouncer Hey guys, Peter Bouncer here, the junglist. How's it going? I hope you enjoy my latest jungle record uh, that I've done with Congo Natty. It's uh, it's a hell of a banger. Uh, it's out this Friday on Beatport.com, and it really is a junglistic anthem. Thank you so much for joining me on this one. Anyway, I'm at Peter Bouncer on Twitter. Right, vegans outraged. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Vegans outraged by tongue-in-cheek sign outside Derbyshire Butcher's Shop. The sign reads, Dear vegans, we have the cow that's been eating all of your grass. You're welcome. Kiss. Vegans have been getting pretty irate about the actions of a butcher in Duffield, Derbyshire. Shit's going down in Duffield. While that might not seem like a drastic change to the usual state of affairs, it's the reason that they are annoyed that is interesting. It's not that interesting, is it? You see, the butcher, Anthony Andrew, traditional butchers, put up the advertising board outside the shop that reads, Dear vegans, we have the cow that's been eating all your grass. You're welcome. Uh, the main offence that it has caused people seems to be the fact that he spelt you're welcome, Y-O-U-R, not Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Uh, that seems to be more triggering to most people than the fact that he's having a little playful dig at the vegans. Um... Obviously, it's just a bit of fun. But given that the vegans are all for not killing animals and selling them and eating them, uh, it's a possibility. 
that it's a little bit too close to the bone. No, they're only interested in the animals killed by the production of their monocrops. They have no interest in the lesser number of animals killed by the meat industry. Uh, what, what, sorry, what was that, Eddie? Look into it. Oh, really? Um, one passerby was outraged, not only by the alienating message... <laughs> alienating? There's nothing for vegans in butcher shops. They're already alienated. Um, but also by the quality of the writing. They took to social media to post... Dear Anthony Andrews, when I saw the title of your board, I was excited at what you might be offering. What a disappointment it was when I read this message and find you're offering only hostility and bad grammar. Tip, don't alienate potential customers. You're welcome. I don't think, yeah, the vegan has no business in the butcher shop. Um, I, I, I don't know, maybe they might have like a... Some spices, some sort of spice mix that the vegans could have. But, yeah, I, I, you're not really alienating customers there. I'll grow up, the lot of you. Just you, your people criticising the sign, your man putting the sign out. It's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Like, you just, 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 I'm fed up with this shit. I'm going to get to the end of this week and I'll have just had enough of the ridiculous petty twats out in the world. Uh, I, I mean, I, you... So I've seen a lot of petty twattery already. Now, looking through these ridiculous articles, I see ten times more petty twattery. Is the entire world just petty twattery? I don't know. Christ. Uh, there's more crisp news. We'll play some more music before the crisp news. Bloody crisps. Christ on a ruddy bike. Uh, okay, how about Subfocus, Citizen Kane? That's a good record. Look into it. Dinosaurs don't come from the government. I know your mustache is cool! Thanks. People on Facebook Live, this is your last one. I will be ending the stream in a minute. Everybody on Threshold, stay exactly where you are. Everyone on Facebook Live, move over to Threshold.fm for the last hour of the show. The last hour is where I sit there in my pants because no one can see me. Facebook, get over to threshold.fm. The stream is ending in five, four, three, two, one.
Stop focus, baby. On Threshold.fm. Romantic jungle music. <laughs> Bit of sobby focus on I've got uh, an article here. Detective caught having loud sex with married lawyer in police station interview room. Whoo shit! Uh, this is written by a journalist uh, called Richard Hartley Parkinson. Richard Hartley Parkinson obviously does not proofread his news stories uh he i mean it says here it was written at 6 48 in the morning this morning so perhaps he had not had his weetabix or his coffee or his line of pinga dust but dude like get your shit together you've got people's names wrong you're all over the place A a detective has been caught in a state of undress having sex with a lawyer in a police station interview room wow sounds pretty racy Detective Inspector Ricky Price and Rachel Punder were being so loud during their session in Cockett Police Station, shit's going down in Cockett, that a PCSO became concerned and went to investigate. Mr. Punder, I think you'll find you mean Mr. Price, uh, was on duty at the time of their romp. That That's bad grammar. And Mrs. Punder was at the station to represent a client this is pretty sexy i will I, I will say this is uh this is sexy stuff also if you look at the pictures on on the metro uh di price he looks like a sexer he's just got that look he's a big boy he's got a sort of big uh, man uh, dad bod 
and he looks like a sexer. And he looks like he stands at the bar in his local boozer, uh, giving it a bit of sort of crotch work, talking about the birds. You know, I'm assuming a lot from one single picture of him in a polo shirt, but he looks like a sexer. He likes, let's do it, like, you know, just hanging, hanging out the back of her in the interview room. Fuck you now, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, as a result, Price, 42, has quit after 22 years of service, while Mrs. Punder, oh, Pudner, sorry, a family law lawyer, is still partner at her firm in Swansea. So she's just, like, jogged it on, basically. And Source at the police station. Get it together, Richard! Um... It's been a bit of a scandal. People were sworn to secrecy, but everyone knows what's happened. Inspector Price was a career cop who was tipped for further promotion. But he has lost his job, all for a quick moment of saucy passion. For a saucy interview romp. Uh, They were taking a huge risk. They were both practically naked when the PCSO found them at it. Mr. Price is engaged to Emma Keyes, 33. Rough. While Mrs. Pudner is married to BT manager Matthew Hulmer, 42. Damn. Yeah, he's definitely a sexer. You can tell. You can just, you can see it. You know, he's tattooed arms. That's that's a, uh, that's a hallmark of the sexer. Uh, you can tell he's probably listening to, I don't know, a bit of Maroon 5 or something. Some kind of sexy music, you know. Despite his resignation, a misconduct hearing will be heard and he will receive uh, his police pension because he quit before being sacked. Oh, smart move. Uh, Chief Superintendent Dorian Lloyd, head of professional standards at South Wales Police, said, We are fully aware of the allegations against the officer and an internal investigation is ongoing. If he's been found out to be a sexer, which is what we suspect, then he's going to get a right smack on the body. He's been a very naughty boy, although he's still definitely invited round mine for a dinner party on Friday. I'll not, I'll, <laughs> I'll not have high-quality sexes like that missing out. Uh, the officer has not been suspended, and once the investigation has taken place, the matter will be subject to a misconduct hearing. Until the process is complete, it would be inappropriate to comment on any further of the investigations however it looks like they had a cracking romp great good stuff i'm a fan i think uh, i think more sexing in interview rooms from members of the police force can only be a good thing right and uh, any god imagine i think i need to find some drum and bass tunes that have just got sort of kind of catch-all punnable names um or maybe just prepare stuff a little bit better in advance. Anyway, here's DJ Zink.
me on Twitter at High Ranking. Send me hilarious nonsense you found. Send me pictures of yourself in a wig. Let me know where you're listening. Give me a shout out. Well, sync, fair fight there. It does sound a little bit, um, a little bit slow. I must say, that felt a little bit sort of 150 BPM rather than what I would have expected as sort of 174 BPM. Maybe I just know nothing. Maybe it's all a social construct. Maybe drum and bass has been a figment of my imagination for nearly, well, about 20 years. Anything's possible in this simulation. Are we in a simulation? Don't know. I listened to that Elon Musk on Joe Rogan and he's pretty... You know that Elon Musk? You know the Elon Musk, don't you, with the SpaceX? You know the SpaceX, yeah, with the Elon Musk. You know, with the flamethrowers and the Tesla cars. You know that Elon Musk? He's friends with the rappers, isn't he? You know the SoundCloud rappers? How about them SoundCloud rappers? And the idea that we're in a simulation is actually quite compelling when you think about it because let's say we are getting a tiny little bit better at making simulations every day. Like, effectively, a computer game is a simulation. It should all be a very basic one. But... If we get a tiny little bit better, a tiny little bit better, eventually, over a long enough time period, we will be able to make a simulation that is as good as normal reality. And at that point, how will we know that we are not already in a simulation? Yeah, it's possible that we could be like the first base level that then creates the simulation and then goes on from there. But I don't know. Jesus. Hey, look, I just... You know, make drum and bass, play drum and bass, and tell jig jokes. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a goddamn scientist, all right. Not a goddamn scientist. Okay, look, let's play Midnight because that's a great record.
Uncut, Midnight, Mess VIP Remix. Such a good record. Right, now, this is big news, ladies and gentlemen. Big fucking celebrity news. I'm hyped. Danny Dyer, Jr. confirms family reality show has already started filming. Yes! This is going to be... This is going to be intense. I'm I'm very excited. uh, More excited to see Danny Dyer, Sr., in it i want to see him that in you know just doing like geezer stuff in it just a bit of geezer stuff around the ass like a bit fucking diy and that around the ass you know just like geezer style just like putting up some shelves like you know like a geezer in it just like geezer stuff in it go to ikea at the weekend geezer you know and I like you know crying at hollyoaks like geezer in it just geezer stuff you know making yourself a sandwich making yourself like a nice ham and cheese sandwich like geezer in it doing geezer stuff this would be great um guys it's happening danny and her dad danny uh, had previously teased a possible reality series but now it's been confirmed and that not only it's going ahead it's already started filming this is huge news speaking on capital breakfast with vic hope and roman kemp danny revealed the cameras are already rolling We've just sort of started. It's exciting. It's hard work, though. It's sort of back to it all again, isn't it? I'm like, oh no, Dan. Here we go again. She said. (laughs) Roman added, but it's great, though, and it must be a real moment for you and your family to be like, this is a bit weird. Uh, Not like they've made a living out of being in front of cameras. The whole bloody lies. It's weird, Danny replied. Me nan loves it, now, because I've got my nan involved, so that's good to have my nan in there, because obviously my nan, I like my nan, don't I? My nan's great, so having my nan involved means good, because I've got my nan involved. 
Uh, and for fans of Bruv, the uh, grandfather, he'll be starring in his epic new reality show too. I think he probably wants a spin-off series, really, where maybe it's just him going around doing Bruv stuff and it doing sort of elderly geezer stuff, isn't it? It's like, you know, you've got different generations of geezer. It'd be more sort of, uh, I don't know, hanging out at the bookies, sort of geezer stuff, getting pie and mash, that sort of geezer stuff. Um, you know, falling over, breaking your hip, but in a sort of geezerish way. Uh, asked if she has any pets she confirmed I want a pet pig brilliant this is good news everybody this is big big news
Logistics, together, Liquid Anthem, from the uh, Golden Age of Hospital, in my opinion. In my, in my opinion. Right, look, crisp news. This is important stuff. Royal Mail tells protesters to stop putting Walker's crisp packets in the post. So it seems what's been going on is that people are actually putting, they are putting stickers on crisp packets with the address of Walker's head office and a stamp and then putting them in post boxes because Royal Mail is by law obligated to deliver anything that has an address and the correct amount of postage uh, on it. Uh, they are they are doing it because the packets are not currently recyclable and it is a sort of environmental protest. But Royal Mail are razzed off because apparently it's messing up their equipment and just pissing them off in general, uh, as I imagine it would. It seems to me, like so it, they said that they're going to make the packets recyclable but not for another seven years. And currently, they're producing... 11 million bags of crisps a day. And so by, in another seven years, they'll have produced an additional 28 billion packets of crisps, which is pretty wild when you think about it. But my issue with this is that if you're sending your crisp packets back to Walkers as a protest, like that still doesn't make them recyclable. And what you could do instead is just simply not buy them then you're not contributing to the environmental cost of crisps. Wouldn't that make a lot more sense? Like to not go, oh, well, I'm obviously not going to stop eating crisps, am I? Because like, I love crisps. Because I just eat crisps all day in the dark, crying. But I'm going to send the crisp packets back to Walkers, you know, as a protest for the crisps that I've paid for and eaten. Like, Wouldn't a better protest just be to stop buying crisps? And then, you know, they like vote with your wallet. And then they would st- they suddenly saw their crisp sales drop by 30% and found out that the reason was because their packets weren't recyclable. Maybe they'd get their shit together. And But no, no, the environmentalists are too... They're frankly too busy stuffing their faces with crisps to even care. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay, six million ways. <laughs> Look into it.
Six million ways to die. Die. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Six million ways to die. skills six million ways to die beauty a b beauty let's let's roll it straight into this one actually haven't had this in many many moons into the last half an hour of the show don't you worry though i've still got plenty of bangers
Alex Reese, Pulp Fiction. Old Metalheads classic. Indeed. Right, here's a little nugget from the mirror. Meditation teacher claims hangover cure takes just 11 minutes to work and starts working instantly. Okay, I call bullshit. Uh, Instagram favourite Rory Kinsella says it takes just a few minutes to feel better. Better. Sorry. A man claims to have invented a hangover cure that will get you feeling back to normal in just 11 minutes. bullshit and he goes on to say that with his method you will even start to notice the effects as soon as you start bollocks meditation teacher rory kinsella says that it takes just a few minutes bloody 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 blah so it's a few minutes and you never know you may end up feeling good enough to do something productive with your day meditation can help ease the psychological suffering that we're left with uh just uh just the much more man- what okay meditation can help ease the psychological suffering so we're just left with the much more man- manageable physical side that's not no 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 it's the physical side that is the problem you know the psychological side is the easy part yeah 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 we all get the beer regret but you cannot just get rid of a biological process the a hangover is caused in part by the dehydration, but that's, that's not the full story. The, uh, it is mainly when alcohol is metabolized in the body, in the body, sorry, got a bit transatlantic there. When alcohol is metabolized in the body, there, there is a part of that process involves the release of a toxin I can't remember the name of. And the release of that particular thing is what makes you feel rough the next day. And it, you know, it fucks with your, you know, emotional well-being, your sense, your sense of a, your sense of well-being, or rather, your lack of a sense of well-being. Like, until and until you've metabolized all the alcohol, you're not, you're not going to feel better. That's just, it's just a biological process. You, you're not going. Eleven minutes of meditation is not going to make you feel better if you've had twelve pints the night before. Like, you can stick it up your mindfulness ass, quite honestly. The best way of making ourselves feel better is to drop any feelings of guilt or shame. Even if you accidentally raw-dogged a particularly uninspiring person the night before. A late-night binge can feel like you're taking a step backwards, but rather than portraying it as something terrible, just see it as a small bump in the road. Like a small bump in a nightclub corner. With his calming voice, Rory tells those listening, the session could take place anywhere. Just make sure you're sitting comfortably, or even you could lie down. He even says, if you fall asleep, that's good too, as sleep is a great hangover cure. Yeah, nice one, mate. He goes through some very gentle stretching before asking you to acknowledge how your body is feeling. 
He then asks you to explore your body with your hands, feeling into all of the deep crevices, nooks and crannies, and then to send him a photograph of your naked body to his email account. It's all part of the process, and no parts of the 11-minute meditation mindfulness process can be skipped, so please don't forget to send him the nudes if you want to cure your hangover. Yeah, I'm not buying it, mate. I ain't buying it. Body of the Shadows. Let's do this.
I'm doing the radio jingle. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. You literally just told me to do it. You paid me in advance. No, I don't think so. Look, I don't know what to tell you, Jordan. I'm kind of bored of your antics at this point. Well, what do you mean by that? Literally what I just said. Like, don't start to get on me with this postmodern bullshit. You absolute son of a bitch. Okay, what a surprise. You are resorting to ad hominem attacks again. Screw you. Anyway, I apologize to everybody for my colleague. He is new here. This is Threshold.fm. It is probably the best radio station in the world. Probably. Sticking with the Ram theme for a little bit. This is Equinox off of Ram Raiders 3. Origin unknown.
is Equinox, Origin Unknown, from the classic Ram Raiders Volume 3 EP. Right, so good news, people. Good freaking news. Aldi is releasing a six-litre bottle of Prosecco that can serve 64 people. Well, I bet it can serve 1,000 people if the glasses are small enough. You absolute spang. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, it's big news. It's going to be £79.99. I imagine it will be in, in the aisle next to the scuba diving gear, the camping chairs, the motorcycle cover, the toolkit, and the chaffinch fancy dress outfits bloody aldi a good though i'll tell you what if you're if you if you're a carnivore diet person like like i am aldi is the place to be oof them Aberdeen angus ribeyes hey they got british ribeyes in there for three pound fifty a go can't argue with that oh shit dominoes are testing out a vegan pizza don't bother don't bother um okay so uh no, this, there's, there's not. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I've been let down by this Aldi um, Prosecco story. I thought there was going to be a little bit more, a little bit more pizzazz to a little, to it, a little bit more jazz. But it's just uh, pompous prattle, prattle, and I shan't indulge it. So I'm going to uh, play this uh, track. It's called Funk. It's by Malux. It's remixed by Synergy. Funk. It's pretty serious. Yeah, I feel like this Prosecco uh, story was a little bit of a cool story, bro. bro, bro. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Hey, look, if you can't take the worst of me, you don't deserve the best of me. <laughs> <laughs> 